my faithful and loyal readers and listeners. Welcome to another segment of First of the Day. And today's verse comes from Colossians 3, 1 and 2. And it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Because our lives and identities as Christians are now wrapped up in our relationship with Christ, we must set our minds on spiritual matters and let our attitudes be determined by things above. Our greatest affections and priorities should center on things that will last forever. Our greatest efforts should be to store up treasures in heaven, which comes from Matthew 6, 19 and 20. We must value, judge, and consider everything from an eternal and heavenly perspective. Our goals and pursuits should be to seek spiritual things, resist sin, and develop Christ's character. In our pursuit of eternal goals, Christ has made available to us the resources of heaven, which we will, pro- which He will provide for those who earnestly ask, seek, and continue to knock. If we remain true to Christ, we can be confident of our glory, honor, and reward with Him in heaven. And today's Bible readings are Genesis 50, Exodus 1, 1. Exodus 1, 1 through 2, 10, Matthew 16, 13 through 17, 9, Psalm 21, 1 through 13, and Proverbs 5, 1 through 6. Pharaoh said, Go and bear your father in keeping with your oath. 
Then Joseph went to bury his father, and all Pharaoh's servants, the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt went with him, along with all Joseph's family, his brothers, and his father's family. Only their dependents, their flocks, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. Horses and chariots went up with him. It was a very impressive procession. When they reached the threshing floor of Etad, which was across the Jordan, they lamented and wept loudly. And Joseph mourned seven days for his father. When the Canaanite inhabitants of the land saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Etad, they said, This is a solemn mourning on the part of the Egyptians. Therefore, the place is named Abel Mezerum. It is across the Jordan. So Jacob's son did Jacob's sons did for him what he commanded them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Mamre, which Abraham had purchased as a burial property from Ephraim the Hittite. And after Joseph buried his father, he returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone with him to bury his father. The first thing we see in Genesis 50 is a model for us as believers who lose a Christian loved one. And that model is Joseph's reaction to his father's death. In Joseph's reaction, we see four things. Number one, we must show sincere grief. Joseph was not afraid to express emotion as he mourned the loss of his father. In his, in his case, he grieved 70 days. He spent several more weeks taking Jacob's body back to Canaan for burial. It is normal to experience emotional pain and grief over a period of weeks or even months following the death of someone very close to us. The second thing is we must show care and attention to details in preparing for that person's burial. In every effort, Joseph did what he believed would bring the highest honor and respect to the memory of his father. Third thing, we must fulfill that person's last wishes. Joseph kept the promises he made to his father. Promises made in trust and based on God's will. So promises made in trust and based on God's will should be carried out after a loved one's death. And the final thing, number four, that we see, we must have faith in God. Joseph showed his faith in God's promises by taking his father's body to the promised land of Canaan. There he placed it in the tomb of Abraham, Isaac, and the others. So now we come to Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21, which says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, If Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before he died, your father gave a command. Say this to Joseph, please forgive your brother's transgression and their sin, the suffering they caused you. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when their message came to him. His brothers also came to him, bowed before him, and said, We are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good, to bring about the present result, the survival of many people.
Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. The second, th second thing we see is how to properly deal with the potential for continued sibling rivalry. And it once again comes from Joseph's reaction to his father's death. <clears throat> and more importantly, his brother's reaction to their father's death. Joseph's brothers, despite having lived under Joseph's provision and protection for many years, and despite knowing that Joseph had named one son Manasseh, which means God has made me forget all my hardships in my father's house, the brothers still doubted that Joseph had forgiven them. With Jacob now dead, Joseph's brothers have feared for their lives and hoped that saying their father called for forgiveness before he died would protect them from Joseph's wrath. They were so afraid of Joseph that they did not dare at first to come to him personally. Instead, they only sent a message entreating him to forgive his brother's rebellion and sin. Especially since they were the slaves of the God of your father, the God of his father. That is, they worship the same God that Joseph did. <clears throat> Perhaps the reason the brothers came to Joseph was they heard he had wept when he received their message. To maximize their chances of survival, they bowed down before him and offered themselves as his personal slaves. However, Joseph refused their offer. They were slaves of God, not him. And he would not put himself in the place of God to make them his slaves. He admitted that his older brothers planned evil against him. But with great spiritual insight, he also confessed that God planned it for good to bring about the survival of many people. God had transformed the sort of human sin into a diamond of divine blessing. Far from being embittered, Joseph was emboldened to take care of the very ones who had tried to kill him along with their children. He spoke kindly to them, and he comforted them. And so now we come to the very end of the book of Genesis, which is Genesis 50, 22-26. And it says, Joseph and his father's family remained in Egypt. Joseph lived 110 years. He saw Ephraim's son to the third generation. The sons of Manasseh's son, Mekir, were recognized by Joseph. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will certainly come to your aid and bring you up from this land to the land he swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath. When God comes to your aid, you were to carry my bones up from here. Joseph died at the age of 110. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. And finally we see how we should react to our own death when the time comes. And once again we're going to look at Joseph. Joseph's steadfast faith was in God's promises that Canaan would be his people's homeland. Therefore, he requested that his body be taken to the land of promise when his people finally left Egypt. 400 years later, when the Israelites left Egypt to go to Canaan, they took Joseph's bones with them. In the same way, all believers have the assurance that our future does not lie in this present world, but in another land, 
a heavenly country where we will live forever with God and enjoy his eternal presence and blessings. And tomorrow's Bible readings are Exodus 2, 11 through 3, 22, Matthew 17, 10 through 27, Psalm 22, 1 through 18, and Proverbs 5, 7 through 14.